Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuck oodists? That doesn't work. What the fuckstables? How is that? What the fuckericans? I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Pleasure to be here. A couple of quick things. First of all, all you people, hold on. That's my new guitar, and that's me playing it. I'm not, uh, that's the best I can do. That was it. Before we get started, though, Henry Phillips is on the show, and he's going to play his guitar and his songs. I'm going to play a little bit with him. That was very exciting. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. The Coop poster that was designed for the Neptune Theater. Again, thank you so much, Seattle. Great times. Had a really great time up there. I, I, I really did. Um, yeah, it's been a tough week uh, with Patrice's passing. Uh, I, I don't know if you listened to uh, the re-release of the Patrice episode, but I did that for him, and, and he's definitely going to be missed. But uh, I obviously have a cold but um, let's let's plow through this. Let's do this. I, I, I'm uh, I'm happy to be here. Uh, first off, the coupe poster that was designed for the Neptune, which is great. There are signed, you know, hand pressed, uh, hand screened editions of it at WTFPod.com. I've only got 75 of them. If you want that, you should go to WTFPod.com to the merch section and order those now. They there's only I've got 100 or tw- or 75 now. Coop's got 100, and that's it. I'll sign them, and Coop has signed them, and they're beautiful. So if you're interested in that, uh, go to the site and do that. I will be at the Arlington Draft House in Arlington, Virginia, tomorrow night, Friday, and Saturday. They've added an extra show, a 7.30 show on Friday. So there's going to be two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Do that. Also, a long range heads up, the Wilbur shows in Boston on January 27th. Uh, at the, uh, the the Magner Festival, the live WTF is already half sold out. So go to the Wilbur. If you want to go to the shows in Boston, uh, deal with that now. Um, what is on my mind? I'm sitting here with a guitar and I'm sick and it's not the best time to be thinking about playing guitar for you guys or singing. I, I don't know if I'm going to get through it really. And I'm not going to give myself too many. I'm not going to give myself any tries. I'm just going to do it. My voice sounds fucked up. But but Henry can do it, and I'm not used to this. You put the earphones on, and and the guitar is too. It's right on top of your vocal, and you know what? I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. I do what I can. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Jimmy Reed lately, and this one song has particular resonance with me because my girlfriend Jessica is uh, sort of uh, she's a morbidity addict. I hope she doesn't get offended that I'm telling I'm saying that, but she she watches murder shows constantly and she watches hoarders constantly and every time i come home and turn the tv on there's always that you know that tone to the show that music is like when megan was 17 she had no idea that the relationship she thought was going to be the best relationship of her life where's this going to the trunk of a car that's where or to some unsolved mess in a swamp or something it's never going to be a good ending and i always that's what i turn on to you know it's like I'll watch Chopped. You know, I enjoy the Chopped. Yeah, I shed a f- squirt out a few tears during the Lunch Lady episode. No doubt about that. That was a rough one. Um, but like, I'll go, well, TiVo Chopped, 
And then like the, it'll go off and then we'll, we'll be right in the middle of some fucking swamp mess or some jail show or hoarders. I can't watch hoarders. It's just it's horrible. Those people, there's no, the sad thing, the reason I can't watch it with it, without feeling, gro- you know, sort of nauseous is I, I have a bit of hoarder in me. I've talked about this before, but there's really no closure. At the end of those shows, you don't get the sense that like, well, that's resolved. At least with intervention, they got a few days clean out of it. You don't know if they'll make it or if they'll relapse. Well, with hoarders, 90% of the time, it's like, we couldn't get all the shit out of the house. You know, it was kind of gross. We found three dead cats in there. And half her toe was eaten off by a mouse and her family didn't understand how she could sit in that stuff. But we really don't know if she'll stop. I'm like, how is that an ending? Whatever the case, I've begun to to get a little panicky, a little panicky about the, the girlfriend's obsession with murder shows and crime shows. I mean, what's up? Do I got to start? Am I, should I be concerned? Should I, uh, should I, should, should I, you know, should I be worried? Am I going to die in my sleep? Am I being conned? Is she a grifter? What is happening? Ah, uh, just coffee.coop. Pow. Yeah. Just shit my pants. WTFpod.com. Why don't you go over there and get some of that? that okay. Is that all right? So I don't know, man. I'm just a little panicky, a little panicky about the, about the old lady killing me in my sleep or taking me for a ride for a grift. But isn't all marriage that? Isn't all relationships that? Isn't it all just the long con? Isn't it just about locking in on your mark? and taking them for all that you can. Is that a negative way to look at relationships? Is that the negative way to look at it? Is, is, is a good relationship just another version of the long con? I hope she doesn't kill me. I swear to God, I hope she... Well, I, let's say I hope she doesn't murder me. I have no doubt that she's going to kill me. If you leave me, baby, say you won't be back, it will be the end of me, cause I will have a heart attack, you better get some insurance on me, baby, take out some insurance on me, baby, cause if you ever, ever say goodbye, I'm gonna haul right off and die. Darling, how I love you Long as I got breath If we part, I know, sweetheart Be like loving me to death You better get some insurance on me, baby Take out some insurance on me, baby Cause if you ever, ever say goodbye I'm gonna haul right off and die accident cause I'm as healthy as it can be if you had any sense you take a hint and get a pen life on me you don't know me baby like I know myself I couldn't live if you should give all your love to someone else you better get some insurance on me baby We'll take out some insurance on me, baby Cause if you ever, ever say goodbye I'm gonna haul right off and die Yeah, if you ever, ever say goodbye I'm gonna haul right off and die
That one worked out all right. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. Did I just sing for you? Well, that, that song has a certain resonance to me because I, you know, I think that uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to you know, end up uh, living with my girl. She makes me happy. I'm scared of that. I hope you guys aren't too scared of it. I'm sure you're more scared of uh, the insanity that can ensue, but I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't rush into talking about that. Maybe I maybe I really shouldn't. Maybe we should just, you know, get to to Henry Phillips and 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 sing some songs. Uh, maybe that would be better. Where'd you just? Did you come in from somewhere? You've been out. Of I the was road? in Nashville uh, at Zanies. And Nashville. Uh, yeah, I saw your picture there. So that's gonna be fun. That, that's a great club and it's a great city. Which picture did they use? Uh, it was new. I mean, you look good. You look was like- it the uh, profile shot? Not that it's about me, but like <laughs> sometimes I get to clubs and I'm like, holy fuck, is that picture even out there still? How do I get no, that? No, no, it's a new one. I oh, good. Tell. Yeah. No, Man. I hate th- Yeah, and th- especially some of these places, it's like, I have new pictures. I spent money on new pictures, but for some reason they're just using the one that they had 15 years ago. Well, I, I, you I know. fucking hate that. I yeah. hate that. Or you get video. The- Oh, yeah. It's like me tanking in some shitty club, you know, bar in L.A. <laughs> that I don't even know how they got it. Like, I must have had a manager at some point that sent them this thing. And it's... I'm like, I have a half-hour special on Comedy Central. That might get butts in the seats better than this <laughs> thing of people throwing shit at me. You know? With the one of a camera not moving in the back of the room? Just... <laughs> yeah. And people, waitresses walking in yeah. front of it the whole Horrendous. time. Horrendous. Yeah. So, wait, Nashville. Do you you got people in Nashville? Uh, I I feel like there's uh, pockets out there, and I've been playing there for several years. But I'm I'm not a very good uh, marketer, and so I I kind of it's really difficult to be a Henry Phillips fan. I'm finding it's like you have to do a lot of research, yeah, a lot of work. Well, for a long time, I just had my buddy doing the website, and I would feel very timid when I had to call him and say, "Hey, man, I got these new dates, and I was wondering if maybe you could, if you get a chance, you could put them up there." And that's yeah. you know an extremely important thing, and. So people would always be like, hey, I just found out you were in Nashville. I wanted to check you out, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't had know. had no idea because the guy <laughs> decided he didn't want to put him up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't have that time. Yeah, yeah. well, tech guys, uh, I think, by reputation are generally slow. But I thought, oh, by the way, in the garage now, Henry Lee Phillips, the, uh, I'm not going to call him a, you know, it's one of those things. Mm-hmm. I, I had Thune in here, and, you know, people thought I came down a little hard on him for his use of a guitar. But there's a difference between a uh, a guy who plays guitar as part of his act and a guy that uses his guitar as an effect so he doesn't have to uh, be alone up there. Yeah, I mean, I, well, the weird thing is I've, I've always heard that, you know, about guitar comics, and I've had friends, you know, when I started that gave me shit about it. And I remember going to, like, the San Francisco Punchline. That was the first club that I did outside of L.A. Yeah. And uh, going to the green room. It was like that Sunday night show where there's a bunch of amazing yeah. comics. Sure. And they yeah. don't know who I am anyway. I'm already the, the foreign guy. Yeah. And then I also have a guitar. Oh, God. I always said it was sort of like, you know, sh- the guy who shows up to an orgy and everybody knows he's the one with herpes or yeah. something. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, there's that judgment. <laughs> yeah. What do we got here? Yeah, they look Song at Song parodies. Yeah, exactly. We can do some goofy numbers. But I started out as a singer-songwriter. Well, that's why I was asking about about Nashville. I mean, yeah. was there? did you ever do any time down there in that racket? Well, no, because I I was never able to, since I was at the comedy club, I was never able to really tap into the singer-songwriter market. It Where'd seems you like start? different people. I started here in L.A. You started in L.A.? You don't yeah. seem like a guy who comes from L.A. 
Well, I was uh, I was born in New York City. Um, we moved to Englewood, New Jersey, for a few years, and then moved out here when I was about uh, twelve. My, so I guess it's a family. I guess it's a better story to come from Los Angeles than it is to come from Englewood. Yeah, well, there's no real mythic <laughs> drama about Englewood, New Jersey. Nor that's Northern Jersey, right? I go, yeah, Bergen County. Yeah, I mean, that's where I come from. That's where uh, my roots are. Yeah, well, you know, it's weird. I was only there for a couple of years. But I met uh, some really solid friends, and I think a lot of who I am came out of that couple of years. Really? Yeah. It was, uh, when you were uh, 10 through 12? Yeah, really solid friendships and a You're lot of- you still friends uh, with them? I am with a couple, yeah. Really? For sure, yeah. And, How old are you? Uh, yeah, my buddy. Um, I'm 41. And you're still friends with people that you met in New Jersey it's for amazing. the two years you lived there from age 10 to 12. Yeah, my buddies Andrew Forsty and my friend uh, George Torgerson. Yeah, we still talk on the phone. And we so like, what was so impactful? To... Did you guys come upon a body? Do you have a secret? <laughs> you know, it was like the whole block of kids would just uh, all uh, do, you know, uh, we called it flashlight tag, you know, and we'd go out and like the entire, I mean, there were like 30 kids and that would was, all be involved in that, a game. And that was the war that bonded you? It was I guess like you, so. You were in the foxholes of flashlight tag and you watched each other's <laughs> back. and Yeah, and I discovered uh, music, you know. I remember um, the, the kid, I, I started playing guitar when I was eight and I had this babysitter and... Um, he was turning me on to like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and all That's this important. stuff. And uh, and my I told my guitar teacher I want to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven. This sounds like such a cliche story, but I uh, had to learn it. Yeah, and uh, as soon as I got it, he started bringing all the other uh, all of his buddies, his teenagers, over, and it's like, yeah, this kid can play Stairway to Heaven, you know. And that's when I felt like, oh, this is cool. If you learn something, you get to impress the older kids or whatever. And, Could you uh, do it all the way through? Do you pass the first few verses? Uh, no, I think I just got the riff, the opening <laughs> riff. And the, it, well, then it just turns into chords. Yeah, that's and, uh, all you needed was the opening yeah, riff. No. Yeah. But then, um, but yeah, we used to go to, uh, you know, the amusement parks out there. I remember Action Park. Do you remember that? No, Action. I remember Palisades Park. Oh, uh, yeah, it yeah. It might have been closed down yeah. by the time. I mean, uh, you, you're 41, you said? Yeah. I'm 47. Palisades Amusement Park, like Fort Lee, New Jersey, right up there against. Uh, but I, yeah. you know, I think it's gone. I think that was gone. Yeah, Action Park was this place where... Uh, it was completely unregulated. It was like you'd, you'd just swing on a tire over a cliff or something with wet feet on a rock like 100 feet high, and there'd always be people dying there. It wasn't like, you know, Six Flags where it's all regulated. Did, did they put that in the advertising campaign? <laughs> yeah. Bring your kid, he could die. Yeah. But um, but then, yeah, and so I started kind of, and, and I feel like education was different there. It's like the, the teachers seemed to take uh, stuff a lot more seriously, huh. contrasted with uh, L.A. But then, yeah, my brother and I, uh, we, we moved out with my parents when I was uh, 12, and it was just a complete culture shock. You what know? was your, was it, was it a job thing? Uh, my parents are actors, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my dad did a bunch of theater in New York, and um, he got a... Uh, he got some TV gigs out in L.A., and then it seemed like the, the natural thing. Do to, I know um, him? Um, Marlon Brando? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm familiar <laughs> with that guy. <laughs> no, you probably don't. His name's Bill Wiley. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people recognize his face uh, from the 80s. He worked a lot, but uh, he's basically retired now. And then my mom did a bunch of commercials. And so my brother and I just kind of like were going from back east. It's like we were we were all headed in this direction of where we were going to be back east people you know where we you know there is a certain sensibility there there's a certain i don't know set of values or whatever uh that are a little different and about then, new uh, york 
Yeah, or back east in general. I just I, again the education and then the richness of the friendships but and see, stuff like that. But also, that. Has seemed to have that kind of an artistic integrity to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like L.A. was sort of like beaches and doofuses and yeah. and uh, show business and. But I mean, that's a way of life. Southern California is a way of life, and and the uh, East Coast way of life is more urbane and sophisticated. We're yeah. going to bookstores. Exactly, man. exactly. Yeah. And so I had I had to change really fast. I, I, but I, it's kind of weird looking back that I might have been a different person. And if we'd have stayed out there, I was going in the, it's like some kind of, like if you'd uh, stayed in New York or, did you ever live in New York? Yeah, we lived in New York until I was about 10. No, but Um, I mean, as a grown up? No, no. You've always stayed here. That's weird. I decided that you were, you were like uh, Midwestern. I'd made this. Yeah, I'd made a lot of is. decisions about you, Phillips. I know it's I weird. Thought, I thought he's got a he's got a, a tale to tell from uh, from Kansas. <laughs> no, I know nothing about that. Maybe you're putting out some except for the last ten years of playing uh, you know, on the road. Yeah, but it, well, it must be interesting. I can't imagine what it would be like to grow up with a basically a TV character actor mm-hmm. who is fighting that fight. Because now, as grown ups, we know what it's like to go on auditions and to sort of commit your life to this ridiculous racket that we're oh, in. Yeah. Yeah. But I, what was it like growing up with that? Did you sense? What did he always work? Did he make a good living acting? Or they was did it? all right. His philosophy was, uh, it, it, he was extremely conservative financially. So, if, so you got it, nothing. Yeah. If he if he made like <laughs> let's say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's true. I mean, if if he Can made, I have a bike. Not until I get this role, kid. <laughs> no, yeah, we we weren't able to do a lot of like uh, spontaneous, you know, vacations and stuff because right. my dad didn't have an income where we knew what it was going to be. So, for example, just to make the numbers round, if he made a hundred grand in a year, he would look at it like I made thirty three grand. Uh, yeah, over save it. every year for three years. Oh, okay. you know, that that would be the way that, that we'd look at it. So yeah, we were basically, but the culture shock going from New York to L.A. was absolutely amazing. And my my brother and I had a rough time with it, you know, because it's it's just totally different. Um, this the school that we were in uh, is just a hundred percent white. There's you know, so that was kind of interesting. In Jersey, yeah, no, no, out oh, here, out here, yeah. and. Uh, we used to go to this place, the Pinball Plus, around the corner, and yeah. hang out with all these video kids. games. Yeah, yeah. And it, and there was a weird, uh, there was a funky kind of a religious uh, cult thing going on at this place. At the at the video place. Yeah, at the Pinball video Plus. game place. At the Pinball Plus. Yeah. What would like, you uh, have to do? <laughs> it was so weird. It was like I just want to play pinball. Yeah. Well, why my do, brother. <laughs> why do I have to kill this animal? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. It's not too unlike that. We were. Uh, yeah. Like we were just playing these video games and hanging out with these kids. Just kind of picture the whole. You know, bad news bears. You know, kind sure. of uh, kids. The fat you know, kid, long the tough hair. Kid, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Snotty kid. And. Um, so we're playing there, and these, this is, became kind of our social group. You know, we play like Pac-Man and Defender and all yeah. that stuff. Defender. And then all of a sudden, we found out. Well, uh, the owner Ron, if you if you go up and say a Bible verse to him, then he will uh, he will give you a free token. You know, that you could play a game. Really? With. Yeah. And my brother and I were like, oh, cool. You know, uh, it's kind of weird, but all right. And so we'd go up and say, you know, whatever. Did you have to go look in the that, Bible? No, it would be like a Bible verse of the day. And then <laughs> that they had at the pinball place. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Was, everyone was hip to it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't picture this happening like in Englewood, New Jersey or something like that. I'm having a hard time picturing it, to, but I can picture it happening in America. So, yeah, so it was there's very a, weird. So there's a Bible verse. Well, by the theme. way, just for people out there, it's not L.A. I mean, I was deep in the San Fernando Valley in the suburbs, you know, actually. Sure. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was. It was so kind everyone of knew like the, the Wild West. Yeah, and so they knew see, that was a way to get a free game. Yeah, and okay. then uh, and then later on, these guys wound up having something called the Christian Club, 
this guy Ron and this guy Norm, and they owned the place together, and uh, and they started inviting kids to be part of the Christian club. Sure, and um, and Does it this was get sort filthy? of an extension. It got really weird. This guy Ron had to leave for some reasons that we don't really know. Uh, leave you know, the pinball some, palace. Yeah, something weird happened with. Did Ron. you ever write a? a- <laughs> A song about the pinball palace it seems like the. I should have, and I haven't really thought about it much. But I'm just trying to say that that's the that's the extreme uh, thing. It's it's like that. There was weird. There was some weird stuff that wouldn't have happened back east, and um, you know the the religious thing. I think, and it was also. Um, it's like you said, the culture thing was kind of lacking. You know, where'd you uh, where'd you oh, end no. up going to high school and stuff? And what uh, what was the transition into? Uh... Not too far from here, actually, Locker Center, which is a little bit north. Of oh yeah, too. And uh, so you just you lived a suburban Los Angeles pretty much. adolescence, yeah. And, and I, you decide to be a singer songwriter, you know, along the lines of what what moved you to to do? Well, that? yeah, I never put down the guitar. Um, I, I like I said, I started when I was eight, and then a few years down the line. I started um, getting into the electric guitar, and then I was just having a blast with that, and I was playing in bands and things like that. Yeah, any good ones? Um, <laughs> I thought we were good at the time. Give me some uh, names. I was in a band, band called uh, Abyss. Oh, yeah. Was one of them. Sure, Abyss. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we did the uh, high school talent show, which was Is exciting. Is that like hard rock? Yeah, well, it was like metal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you went all the way to metal? Yeah, metal was the, the thing that I was really into. Was that Sabbath. like the late 80s or... Early eighties. Early eighties. Abyss. Yeah. Henry Phillips uh, um, was a guitar player for Abyss. Band called Executioner at one point. Um, yeah, Executioner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Were you into that kind of stuff or no? No, I'm just riffing on the names. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture. Uh, so longer hair. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go all out? Boots, jacket, leather, have, leather uh, pants. Do you have leather pants? I had. Uh, I had some red spandex pants. Oh fuck! And then, Good uh, for you. Spandex zebra. How uh, big was the hair? Hairspray. Pretty. Pretty damn big hairspray. Hair. Uh, I might have experimented with sure. hairspray at sure. some point. Uh-huh. I got a perm. <laughs> yeah, you got a perm for for which one, Abyss or uh, Executioner? That was more for Abyss. Okay, uh, we were trying. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. There was a period of time in the mid '80s that um, that all the bands started looking a little bit more like girls that we could never talk to. Yeah, sure, and that was kind of that's kind of made up for it. It's like, look, I can fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm so yeah. fuckable by me. Look at my hair. But that's when it got weird. Like I, the stuff that I was really into was like, yeah, again, the early Sabbath and then Led Zeppelin. And I think what I liked about Zeppelin so much is that they're, um, you know, because there was all that talk about them being satanic, but you wouldn't look at their album covers and go like, like, like if you look at ACDC Highway to Hell, he's got, you know, Angus has his horns and everything. And it's, it's like, a clown. we're Satan. Yeah, 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 it's like a novelty thing, yeah. you know, whereas if you look at like Zeppelin 4. You're like, where is it? Yeah, you've got like Zoso and then these what's weird Zoso? symbols. What's, what's the guy with the sticks mean? What yeah. the guy with the, the back, bunch of sticks on his back? He's got a bundle of sticks on bundle his back. A bundle of devil sticks. Those are devil sticks. Which I think is a faggot. I think that's the name of a bundle of sticks. Is it a faggot? Is that what it is? I think so. I think that's the official term. I don't think anyone uses it that way. No. I th- rarely would you find anyone going, uh, I, I, $5 for this faggot. <laughs> you would not hear that. Yeah. Not not here. No, I think that Jimmy Page lived for a while in Aliester Crowley's home. Yeah, he was kind of into the occult. On the know? Loch Ness. Yeah. Something like that. And they were into the real deal, which I always thought was well, kind of I think cool. Jimmy was. I don't know about the other ones. I, you know, I think he dabbled in the black arts. But what does that even mean? It just means, uh, 
Yeah, it's a, it's a, a discipline, a spiritual discipline like any other uh, yeah. that has to do with the self-actualization. It's just a, got a little more behind it, and it's a little darker than some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool. But I, yeah, I always, I always like the more mysterious approach to it as opposed to I the, fucking love know. Zeppelin, man. I love it. I mean, I listen to Zeppelin. Yeah, I, it's right in there with the rotation. I'll, I'll kick on Gallows Pole. Uh, you know, I, I think I did a couple, you know, less than a week ago, I listened to Gallows Pole. And I love that song so much until the banjo comes in. And then I literally have a moment where I'm like, I can't fucking believe that. <laughs> what no, were they they're experimenting. No, I you know? know, but it's such a beautiful riff. Yeah. And then like, well, fucking banjo, are you serious? And I get angry every time I listen to it, but it doesn't stop me from enjoying it. Yeah, no, and that, I, that's three, right? Zeppelin three. Gallows Pole is on three, yeah. And then I've been listening to uh, Presence. There's a couple of songs oh, like yeah. that. Like, I remember when that came out when I was in high school. It was not really acknowledged as a great Zeppelin album, but it's a great, yeah. great fucking Zeppelin album. Yeah. And even I'll listen to In Through the Outdoor because I remember when that came out when I was in high school because they were done, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was like... They're back. This is it. They're you know in through the outer and all that like really poppy shit, but yeah. it was still great. Yeah, and then you know I got Sabbath on vinyl right in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, one? Ma- what is it? Masters of uh, Reality. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. I was never a huge uh, Sabbath guy, but I picked up the vinyl somewhere, and it's so interesting to listen to the shit on vinyl because you can hear how it's supposed to be layered and sound. And yeah, it's a yeah. lot thinner than like blasting your brains out with a fucking CD that's oh, been no, digitally it's remixed. Great. It's kind of nice. I listened to Iggy's Raw Power. Uh, some guy gave it to me. I can't fucking stop listening to it on vinyl. It's so different. Oh man, I love it. So when? So all right. So now you're doing metal. Yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, when does the uh, the other thing start to evolve? Well, yeah, then um, I kind of put it down for a while. I went to UCLA, uh, got a degree. I was kind of like... Uh, in what? Uh, political science. And I was an English major at first, and then I switched over to political science. And oh. uh, I, the reason I say that is because they didn't have a minor program, but I feel like I should get some credit for all the English uh, shit that I sure, did. Sure, I majored in uh, English. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's- yeah, and so I thought maybe I'd go legit for a while, and then like the last legit? year, what was that plan? Like a lawyer? Meaning, meaning, yeah, exactly. Either a lawyer or a journalist. That's what I was doing, and I was applying to grad schools and stuff. And then, um, but the last year of uh, of school at UCLA, I started doing. Um, I had a bunch of musician friends, and I had a couple of tunes that I would do just to make my friends laugh. And uh, one of my buddies is like, "Dude, you got to go up at this place, the Upfront Comedy Club, and just start." Uh, you know, just do that song like in the middle of their show or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm not really a comedian or whatever, but that'd be fun. And um, and I did. And I met this whole group of new friends and uh, we were, you know, hanging out all the time. And I, and suddenly I just kind of was like, this seems like more of the scene that I want to be involved with. Yeah. And it went well, you know, and I was doing the same song for like a year. One song. <laughs> yeah, just one one you, comedy so song. So at that, that time, though, were you legitimately writing songs? Were you, like, pursuing yeah. music oh, at all? Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I had I had a few uh, really kind of cheesy, like, uh, wear your heart on your sleeve, kind of folky type who were, who songs. Who were your guys? I, doing. I mean, I was really into, uh, at that time, uh, I liked Billy Joel a lot, James Taylor. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, I love that singer songwriter type stuff. And like I, which you know, Billy I just Joel liked, album? Uh, uh, probably Fifty Second Street. Um, mm. The Stranger. I remember when that oh, came yeah. out when I was a kid. It was like, damn, yeah, that was great. I stayed up late to watch him on SNL. It was, it was, that was a big record. Yeah, and, and so yeah, I mean, I had I had pretty mainstream James tastes in music. <laughs> After Mudslide Swim and the Blue Horizon, I'm lost. 
Yeah, and then later I started getting into cooler stuff like Tom Waits. Um, you Waits know, like is great. In the early 90s. And, yeah. and that really blew my mind, you know, because I was like, wow, this is really beautiful music, but it's also kind of, the, the lyrics sort of jump off the page a little yeah. bit. You know, there's there's some flat out almost comedy songs in there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so I was really inspired by that. And um, so, yeah, I, th- I s- finally said to myself, well, I, I think I could actually do this because um, cause I enjoy it. I can do music and I can let my sense of humor kind of creep through. And so I started putting a bunch of songs together, and I started doing sets around L.A. Uh, the Highland Grounds was a place I used to play a lot at. I remember and, uh, that. Early 90s? 94, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, shit, I remember that scene. Yeah. Dave, Dave Cross and those guys were hanging around. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, those guys were all around. And um, and so I guess uh, I was doing a show at the Genghis Cohen, and Bud Friedman came down. Oh, I remember I, that place, too. I had a little bit of a following going on. I had a mailing list, and I had a whole whole Back thing when there were mailing on. lists. Yeah, and like I, you'd actually put stamps on things. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I, you know, I had, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I had so you several would, hundred you'd... people. I, oh, I'd have so much fun making the flyers. They were completely like projects in and of themselves, trying to you know make. Isn't a funny it amazing flyer. that there was this hands-on time where you do a gig and you'd pass a clipboard around, or you put a card on every table, and oh, you get a you get a, an actual mailing address. Well, and that worked, and that worked sure, for in, a long time. In, in L.A., it's uh, I think that's one of the ways people do it here is that if you can pull that shit off here, like you can either go out on the road and bust your balls for ten years and build up a national following, mm-hmm. or you can bust your ass around L.A. for five or six years and build a local following and be, get some heat on you to get some industry attention, and then you know get a shot yeah. at, at going big. Yeah. And um, and it, it built, and then um, Bud comes to Genghis Bud Khan. Why came the hell down. was he there to see you? There was a there was a lady who was an old actress named Ann Jeffries from like the fifties or sixties or something like that, and um, and she uh, she was a fan. She would come to the shows, and she actually uh, brought Bud Freeman down. And then Bud afterward was like, "Man, the obvious route would be to go, you know, to the comedy clubs and." He started putting me up at the improv. Yes, you're very yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, um, and so then I started. That's how I kind of got into the comedy thing. But I guess going back to the, your original thing about the guitar comic thing, it's like I never really had a choice. As a matter of fact, I did. I remember doing this club one time where it was in Toledo, and the guy afterward, after my set, which at that time was pretty much all music, and the guy says, uh, he goes, "Wow, that guitar! You really use that as a crutch, don't you?" This is the owner, you know, telling me that. And I was like, uh, I, it, it sounded so weird to me. I was like, well, what do you mean? That's all I do. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's like telling a magician, you know, it's yeah. like, well, wow, you really use hat. that. Yeah, that that whole that uh, jack bullshit. of cards. Yeah, yeah it's like, well, what the fuck do you th- want me to do? Yeah, that's you're hiding behind those cups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hiding behind that rabbit. Yeah. Well, no, well, that's what, well, that's what I had a conversation with uh, Nick Thune about. But it's different, and I know that it weighs heavy on Thune. That it, like, if look, if you're just using a guitar, well, he's going, Nick's going up doing just regular stand. No, I know, I know. Yeah. But that was my point: is that he knew that it was just a texture that you know he was using the guitar to create a tone and have something to hold on to while he told his jokes. It was completely uh, superfluous. I think is the word I want. Whereas you know you're writing songs, so it's not you know you can't go up there and go, I'm gonna do a little acapella number for you. You, you know, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> No, and, but, but in in his defense, though, I mean, there's also, I mean, I guess you probably gave Zach shit about it too, because he did the same thing. No, with I the br- piano. I brought him up. Yeah, I mean, and, there, there's uh, not. I mean, there's been people that have done that, but it's not really musical comedy. Or like you know, Hedberg's got the bass going up throughout the back of his uh, 
Yeah, well, CD. that was later. I mean, I don't think he ever did that early on. I thought that was his first like breakout album, wasn't really? it? Really? Yeah. I, think, I think his it's breakout good. was that Half Hour Comedy Central Presents, but I worked okay. with him a few times, and it might have been a fluke thing. He didn't travel with a bass player that I know of. I think he did. Chuck Savage out of Houston. I don't know. Really? But yeah, I mean, he was I'd doing not... it for a while. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to, you know... <laughs> I, I understand exactly what you're saying, but it, it maybe it is. It does make it a little bit easier. It fills up the gaps in between, you know, that are sometimes difficult well, to yeah, deal well, with. Maybe you're changing my mind a little bit. I mean, there is sort of a jazz tradition, I guess, if you want to have a little riff going and you, you've got a certain rhythm to what you do. Yeah. Then, uh, yeah, okay, all right, but I, okay, but I look. I'm one of those guys. I'm like, you know, there was a time when I was younger, and, and granted, my opinions have changed over time. Where I was like, where's the pure comedy? Oh, no, it, it's, you know, Doug Stanhope's one of my best friends, or a really good friend, anyway. Yeah. He, uh, he's kind of, I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for him, and we met at the Improv, and he actually, uh, we were buddies for a few years before he actually saw my act. Yeah. And um, he uh, finally saw it one time, because he had no choice, like we were doing the same bill or something like that. Right. And he watched it and he liked it. And then afterward, he was like, man, I didn't want to see you for like three years because I just knew that you were going to suck as soon as I heard you had a guitar. And, um, and uh, but uh, you're actually okay. You know? <laughs> so, and then he started bringing me out on the road. And then that's how I wound up getting, that's how I met you a couple of years later at the, at the Houston Laugh Stop. And that's how I got to uh, Minneapolis and uh, a bunch of cool So he got you started stuff. on the road. That's yeah. right. Okay. So that's where we first met at the Houston Laugh Stop. You were dating a waitress, right? Uh, comic, yeah. What, she, Joni? She was an open micer at the was time. Was it Joni? Sarah, no, Sarah Talamash. Sarah. Yeah, you remember Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, she's very funny. Um, she's still around? Yeah, yeah. she's in New York now. Uh, she's uh, doing doing great, as far as I know. And she was from Houston? Uh, yeah, from Houston. So that was sort of my home away from home. I, w I was really excited. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was actually peeking at that time <laughs> that was, that was a, i was, was like a, whoa this is fun I, I thought i was on the bottom of a big hill that i was going to go up and yeah. i was like oh it's this is pretty much it i'm having a great time <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> what happened so you ended up touring as a feature primarily or what um yeah but but the club owners uh the, but the act went well and the club owners would be like hey let's have you back to headline and that right. happened several times so like the we were talking about the building the following and as soon as I started doing these shows on the road I mean yeah. I already had two CDs by the time I went to my first like feature gig at a at a club and uh and they were recorded at the LA Improv and it was like uh you know really tepid response but I was like oh I thought that was a good response I thought that was scaling and then I started going on the road and then hearing people really laugh and, and having a good time and Well music's different see that's the other thing that music insulates you from is that that risk of uh of acknowledging whether or not you're you're killing or not because it's a different it's a different set of ears in the sense that like if someone hears a song if no one's going god damn it shut up i mean if they're listening to a song and chuckling at the right places i mean that's pretty good because you're a singer but you can tell but but the big disadvantage is if a lot of people are trained that as soon as they hear music that's like time to talk like if they're on a date and they're going to a, like a coffee house or like a bar or something and there's music that, right that means you can talk so i have to deal with that quite a bit especially if you're trying to do that kind of sucker punch approach where it's like oh this is a serious song but but listen it gets funny a lot of times they don't get to the, the listen part but um, but so I just I pretty much dropped the whole mailing list and all that stuff because I was like, oh, all I have to do is just show up and there's already people there. The club takes care of it. And so uh, I just kind of wrote on that. And then and this kind of goes to what we were talking about a little bit before the show. But I uh, 
came back to the uh, Hollywood Improv and did a show. After I had been doing a lot of really good shows there, and I had my whole mailing list. And this is after I was on the road for about a year or whatever, and I'll never forget this show. I I really had I went out all out. I had, uh, you know, probably a hundred or so of, like, my fan base that I had built for a long time. I also had a guy from the L.A. Times, my manager at the yeah. time. I had a publicist. I yeah. had a bunch of comics that were hanging out that had been like, oh, I keep hearing about this guy. He's supposed to be good. Let's go check right. him out. It was really the the kind of situation that you sort of want to do well. And man, I as soon as I got up there, I had these hecklers from hell. They were just like um So this is your big night in LA. Yeah, your like, night. Yeah, these gangbanger dudes and right from the very beginning. Black dudes? Uh no, I believe they were Mexican dudes. Mexican gangbangers. Uh, yeah. Mm. And um but I remember going up and my, my opening joke at the time was something about uh Somewhere I say gun in it. I don't even remember, but um, you know, my uncle had a, a lot of guns or whatever. And the, this guy's just like, uh, "Yeah, I got a gun and it's fucking loaded, bitch. What are you gonna do?" You know? And oh, I was, great. Yeah, hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> yeah, and this is in front of like so many people. And I was like, "Thanks for coming uh, down." Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I didn't really have any chops in terms of like you know crowd work. Yeah, and I don't know if I really wanted to any, oh, to open any doors there. But yeah, but not, that wouldn't be the place to learn. Yeah, but it was like literally everything that came out of my mouth. I'd say something else, and it was like, yeah, that's pretty funny, fucking bitch. Why do you think that's fucking funny? And it just like kept on going like relentlessly. No, no room management? Nobody. As a matter of fact, it was all women who were running the place who were just going up very politely. Excuse me, guys, you can't really talk during Shut the up, show. Shut up, bitch. Know? Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. And uh, and I just tried to get through the show. Uh, I was told later that the guy from the LA Times like got up. And uh, and told uh, my manager, uh, hey, uh, look, this is too awkward. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> he felt unsafe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. And uh, so he took journalist off. splits. There's yeah. some commitment to uh, getting the story. I gotta go. Someone might get hurt. Oh man, it was the worst feeling ever. And um, and eventually, these uh, there was one bouncer guy that finally, at the very very end of the show. They sent uh, this guy in, uh, this guy Frank. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he hasn't been there for a long time, but uh, he, uh, well, they called the cops, and the cops eventually wound up dragging one of the guys out during your show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great! That's a nice. <laughs> did you did you play through that? And then it turned into like a fight out in the parking lot, and it was just like it was just the ultimate nightmare. And that's kind of where where's I was that like, song? Henry's Big Night. That's <laughs> that's the title of that song. Oh yeah, I'm sure it comes. Well, it's still to this day. Sometimes I'll think about that heckler. Like I'll be writing a song you know and i'll write the one line and i'm like is this funny or not and i'll hear that guy just like yeah that's pretty funny you stupid fucking bitch you know it's like it's still i can't get rid of it like he's on my shoulder <laughs> and and i'm like yeah you're right it's not that funny you know <laughs> yeah but uh so that's when i was just like all right well if somehow or another i can be in the stereotypical like shitholes in um you know like I don't know, a bar in Lake Jackson, Texas or whatever, and I have a decent set and not have any incidents like that. And then I go to my own home club in Hollywood and just get the most ruthless, you know, shitty uh, attention but, but, like but, that. But that's a weird thing about having a home club in Hollywood that, you know, it's not, that club is made for people from everywhere else. No, I know. You know, yeah. it's weird. It's like, you it, know. It I, really felt like a home to me for you, the yeah. longest time. And, it, you know, it was a lot of fun, you know, a lot of friends there and a lot of history. And I, again, I was like a kid in the candy store when I first started hanging out there because it would be like all these, you know, yeah, famous sure. comics and everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that wears off, I think, as you get older because you're sort of like, eh, 
a lot of the same conversations over and over yeah, again. I don't even set foot years. in the place. I just, you know, because the, 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 the thing that always bothered me about that place is that if you are on the mid-level, which is where we are, mm-hmm. that even if they know you, kind of, there's always going to be a few dudes that work there that not, they don't fucking know you, and they don't really look out for you, and you're always going to be, you know, second fiddle if anyone you know, comes in that's above you. Oh, and yeah. it's just like, I know that's the nature of the business, but there's nowhere that reeks of it more than that place. Oh, no. So that, yeah, like, whatever course. level of respect that you get to within your community, that, you know, if it isn't within the show business's eyes, they'll just fuck you. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. And I don't even blame some of these guys. Like, if you're hanging out with a buddy of yours who's since gotten a lot of yeah. success, sure. maybe recently... But it's a guy who not necessarily was able to, you know, get laid for 10 years or whatever. And all of a sudden they want to enjoy that. It's like, all right, Henry, I, I've got some hot chick that wants to talk to me right now. So take a No, hike, well, you know? that's different. I'm talking about like, you know, bumping me oh, you know, yeah, on, yeah. on a headlining night for some fucking bozo. That's pretty messed up. Or, you know, or like that. And it's always been that way in comedy. It's like you waiting to go on and then fucking you, there becomes a level where it's like, okay, I'm going to get bumped. But who am I getting bumped by and why? Yeah. It, yeah. You know, there's... Ugh. It, well, whatever. That's my, that's my own beef. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just you got to suck it up and like, yeah, well, that's it. Good for him, man. He made it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but uh, whatever. I, I understand. I didn't mean to derail your story. So you, No, that's all right. You went through some shit, so the cops came. and uh, Yeah, and then I was, was just like, Was that one of those well, shows, though, you got done and people were like, hey, man, you know, it's all right. Oh, it was yeah. embarrassing. It was, it was oh, just embarrassing. People feeling. didn't even want to look at me on oh, the way out. Fuck. Yeah, and this is like, I... I I made these people come and watch me, you know, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah. just like, so I think after that, I was terrified of going up at the improv for the longest time because I, I was like shell-shocked, and so I didn't for a long time. And you and just, I just went kinda, on the road? Yeah, I just went on the road, and I was having, uh, you know, a good time with that, and, and then things started, you know, going really well. I had, well, you started, uh, you, you know, got in with Bob and Tom, right? And that makes a yeah, big difference. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, and that was a big one because all of a sudden, club owners would just email me and say, hey, I heard you on the radio, let's have you do a week here at the club. And that was cool. Um, and yeah, it turned into a whole career. I eventually got the half hour special in Comedy Central, and then that was that was pretty good. And then, uh, but yeah, it, 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 I I still feel like you're always kind of uh, constantly trying to reinvent yourself or figure out what your place is. I, I don't think that what I do is exactly for everybody, and um, so I I still have to deal with like when I go to a club. They, you know, maybe twenty percent of the people know who I am, and the rest of them are just like date people that just walked in, and and it's not. Yeah, they, their and they cup have a, gen- a general sense of what they think comedy is. I always wonder yeah, about that. Yeah. What is their general sense of of expectation when they walk into a comedy club? Yeah, who, what are they fucking thinking? Yeah, and then people come up afterward and they're like, "Have you ever thought about just taking a famous song and just putting like a funny that that would be good if you did that?" Yeah, you know? a parody. Like, How about a little song parody? Yeah, wasting away in diarrheaville. Like, just say <laughs> that, you know? I'm like, yeah. Oh, just say diarrhea in a song. Yeah, like That's everybody hilarious. does in the shower. Yeah, but uh, so was that the impetus for making the film? I mean, you do have this independent yeah. film, uh, Punching the Clown, which I watched, which is uh, great, and Thanks. I could identify with it. And I'm like, all right, this is. Uh, did you do that all on your own? Uh, the director uh, was a friend of mine in college. We were both political science majors. And again, like that last year at college, I started doing comedy. And he was uh, about to go become a filmmaker and go to film school. And uh, But we kept up. And I would tell him these stories. Ever since I first started, yeah. um, I would tell him stories about uh, stuff. And he would be like, man, this is 
good stuff. We need to really make a movie like road about stories. This. Uh, well, at that time, it was all industry. It was all local, uh, local stuff because I wasn't really on the road like for a lot of the '90s. So yeah. it would just be like a dumb conversation I had. You know, like, I don't know if you remember, there's like, this is a real thing. I had a uh, a publicist who came up and she was like, I think uh, a good tagline for you would be like James Taylor on smack. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, <laughs> James Taylor actually was on smack, you know? So it's, and she's like, well, so? And I'm like, well, then that's like, you can't say that. That's like saying, you know. I don't know. Uh, that that is the, the <laughs> that is the limit of a publicist's creativity too, right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and then this this uh, this lady was kind of funny because I also did a show where everybody was talking throughout the whole thing. I think it yeah. was at the Highland Grounds. And yeah, she came up to me afterward and she was like, "You really need to do something. You need to figure out a way that when they're talking, you can get their attention. Like for example, this might be a good thing. Maybe when you're up there, you could say, "Excuse me, this is my time." This is my time, and I'm talking now. You can have your time afterward. And I'm like, oh, that's a great, that's that's a great, great idea. Yeah, if I were talking to children. <laughs> so, yeah, I would have gotten you know my ass kicked probably if I tried to say that. In the, but, um, but yeah, so there's all these like – When you was know, that film made? Uh, we made the film uh, – shot it in 2008. So, um, yeah, but we had been talking about making it for literally when did about it, when did you release 13 it? years. Uh, officially 2010. Uh-huh. So it's pretty uh, it's, new. Yeah, it's out on Netflix and everything. And um, so, but yeah, we we put it in the festivals, and we we had a long history of it. We actually made a prototype movie of it and got that into some festivals like years and years. Who ago. wrote it? I. It's all basically based on my stories and the director. Uh, but wait, the twist didn't happen though, did it? No, no, no. That that's the only thing. The movie is basically a bunch of stories strung together that are true stories. Uh we didn't want to make like a mockumentary or whatever, right. and so we decided to go full, you know, narrative 90-minute film. And so we knew that we needed a plot. And so this was at the time uh that all that stuff was going on with the Kramer situation, Dog the Bounty Hunter and everybody getting accused of being a racist, you know. Yeah. And so I thought wouldn't that be hilarious if it's like this is the one guy that this happens to but he never said any of those things yeah well, so that's so kind not of spoil it too much but yeah, yeah yeah but the, so that but that that part is fabricated you know and a couple of the stories are exaggerated or at least pounded into to sort of fit the thing and, well, and I, th- I thought it was interesting that there was not any sordid uh, uh sexual uh activity no nah, no nah, i'm not a, yeah i mean i guess you're gonna fabricate i guess something. that's pro- that's probably why the uh the movie isn't as successful as we wanted it to be but um no, it's all pretty much based on true stuff, and I don't have a lot of those types of details. I mean, I do, but God, I, I wouldn't want to yeah. necessarily throw too much of that in there. But, oh, yeah? Uh, None of that? No, that, that doesn't uh, play into the road mythology? Of yeah, the... It's not as funny to me. you know. I, I, I think it's funnier when people try to get laid and they don't. You right, know? sure. Um, but yeah, one of the things, for example, in the movie that uh, is an example of something that we tried to make uh, to recreate that wasn't quite as funny as when it happened in real life is that I have uh, I had this roommate at the time who had a bunch of T-shirts, and he gave me, he donated a bunch of T-shirts to me, and I was, like, going through them, and I'm like, I'm not going to wear this. One of them had, like, meat is murder, and, and yeah. they were all, like, really big statements. And then I came across one that was just a question mark. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I can wear the one with the question mark. And so I went out, and uh, I did a show, and um, I met a uh, girl, and then we went to this French restaurant afterward, the place that used to be across from the improv. is like the Moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice French restaurant, and we're having dinner, and I was talking to her, and at some point I said something like, uh, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't use a lot of bad language or whatever. I was trying to get laid, or whatever. Yeah. And this girl goes, "Yeah, like lick my balls." And I was like, "Okay, I don't know why you said that, but whatever." And then ten minutes later, I said something else, and I was like, "So you know, uh, whatever." And then she goes, "Yeah, like lick my balls." And I go, "Why do you keep saying lick my balls?" And she goes, "Your shirt." And I'm looking at my shirt. It's got a question mark on it. And she goes, "No, the back." And I never even really <laughs> looked at the back. <laughs> So then I just went to the bathroom and I looked, tried to look in the mirror and just a, as giant as you can imagine on my back, it says, lick my balls. And it's got a little diagram of like a penis with like a hairy balls and like a flaccid, pe- you know, cartoon of a dick. And I'm walking around this French restaurant, you know, so I just look like one of those complete tacky guys, you know, is just walking around a French restaurant with lick my balls, which I'm not that kind of guy yeah. at all. You know, on a date with this girl who was like, she was like from Dallas or something, yeah. like kind of conservative or whatever. And uh, so, how that date end up? Uh, d- that was the end of it. Man. Oh, really? Yeah, she, she didn't lick your balls. <laughs> well, she, I, I think she was just kind of confused about the whole thing. <laughs> As were you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How'd you explain that? Um, I just I had no idea that this, uh, you know, and I was I still have to walk around with the shirt because I didn't have another shirt, you know, and. Uh, but but the problem is that when you try to put something like that in a movie, people ask, "Well, who's going to pull it on a shirt that that says they won't lick believe?" My ball? Yeah, they won't believe that, that. And yeah, but the reality is, it does happen. When it does happen in real life, it's hilarious. And then uh, sometimes when you watch it in a movie, you I go, think "Well, you made that's it bullshit." Yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, you want to uh, you want to do some songs? Yeah, man. Why don't I? Uh, now I would. Um, I'm not going to play with you. No, unless you uh, unless you ask, because I, I oh yeah, yeah, let's do it, man. I can do one. Do this tune? Yeah. Uh, this is a tune. Uh, oh, you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, I know this song. This it's is good. My song about. Uh, well, there's there's a, a documentary on the whole Columbine situation, and one of the most uh, touching parts is that one one of the kids apparently, uh, while they were going around shooting everybody, he made eye contact with one of the dudes and said, "Look, you were cool to me," and then uh, and then he didn't shoot him and then he killed all the other people I <laughs> yeah. guess and it's, I thought that was a very touching lovely story and uh, that's kind of what this song's all about and how important it is for us to be nice to each other now in this day and age sure he's the kid in the back of the class who always keeps to himself and the other kids call him Quasimodo cause he's got some hunch upon his back And his hair's all filled with grease And he only wears a trench coat And instead of taking notes He draws pictures of Satan But please don't laugh at him Don't even crack a joke Don't blow your spit wads in his face Or piss in his coat Cause someday he might come to school with a snub nose 38 And if you're nice to him then just maybe he won't kill you And if you see the fat kid walking through the halls And he's got plaid shorts don't say hey look everybody Looks like someone stole my couch And just because the weird guy throws a baseball just like a little girl doesn't mean he doesn't know how to make a bomb. And when you see some guy who ain't got no arms, don't throw a rock and say catch. Cause nowadays they can have that shit 
surgically reattached, and then he'll be able to pull the trigger on a sawed-off shotgun. And if you're nice to him, then just maybe he won't kill you. All the film freaks and the drama geeks and the people with braces and the pizza faces and the four eyes and the thunder thighs and let's not treat them with scorn. Cause someday they'll find the combination to their grandfather's fucking gun collection and they'll form a militia and make you wish you had never been born. And when you're cowered under your desk someday, you can flash them a little smile. And say, remember me, I'm the dude who said hello to you once in a while. And maybe then he'll pause and say, well, you know, I guess that's true. And instead he'll bump off the guy right next to you. So next time you want to pick on a nerd, please choose a jock instead. Cause I'd rather go home with my underwear all up my ass Than with a stomach pumped full of lead And especially be extra kind to the kids in the science club Cause they're the ones who know about nitroglycerine And if we're nice to them then maybe we'll just get along That's nice. True story. True story. <laughs> Based on true events. Sure, man. Every time I want to do that song in the clubs, it feels like, you know, it's like, all right, it's been about two years since we've had one of those things. This is, I can finally start bringing that shit back. <laughs> and then it fucking happens again. And I'm like, it's always like groans. Groan yeah, yeah, City. Yeah. Oh, know? really? Yeah. So yeah. They, these kids got to stop shooting each other so you can find a little traction so with I that number. Make some fun of it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good one. Thanks, man. Well, let me see if I'm in tune. All right, let's do this. Don't forget Mozart once said the two most beautiful sounds in the world were the sound of a musician tuning his instrument and the smack of a hand across a girl's (laughs) ass cheek. Did he? Yeah, maybe he said it in German or whatever, but... I once watched uh, Jerry Garcia tune for uh, 45 minutes. (laughs) That's awesome. On the Terrapin tour when I was in eighth grade, I didn't. I don't think I appreciated it as much then. Did you know was, that he was just tuning? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a lot of tuning going on on the, the Dead shows back then. Oh man. One uh, one time I saw a guy. I don't know if he's tuning his trombone or whatever, but he was doing that spit valve thing where he's just spitting, you know, the whole time. And I was like, this is the worst musician I've ever seen in my life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There we go. I think I think we're close enough for rock and roll, as they say, right? Whoa, look at that. Alright. Well I'll take I'm gonna take my Okay, yeah, and that's how that's where you're gonna go. Uh yeah, I mean is that cool? Some G blues. Why don't we do yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. of this this tune uh that I wrote with my good friend Rick Overton. Comic Rick Overton. And uh, the whole idea is that all the blue, you know, it seems like the blues is always about taking your despair and uh, and turning it into, you know, art. And but what if there was a guy who wanted to sing the blues, but everything's actually going pretty good? And this song's called uh, "Fresh Out of the Blues." Okay. And just just do some lead.
time I got a refrigerator filled with booze My car's running fine Gets pretty good gas mileage Damn things are going good I got a beautiful wife She's a bisexual nymphomaniac nurse She has a perfect credit score And a hysterectomy I guess that things could be worse And now I'm fresh out of the blues I'm fresh out of blues All right, now here's a here's a, a modulation to E flat here, but you can still kind of do the G blues uh, scale and it should work. My baby only cheats with other women, which is just fine with me. I got a hole in the door where I can see everything. I got one hand on the brandy that leaves my other hand free. I'm living proof in the flash that she can be fresh out of the blues. Take it. I think there's a final verse of this one down. Uh, let's see. I got a condo in Florida and my bank account's cool. While all my friends from high school are still writhing in their own stool. And did I mention to the ladies that I'm hung like a mule? I'm living proof in the flash that she can be fresh out of the blue. pretty good stuff man yeah i know you know what you're doing for sure I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a bit limited oh that's cool but that was uh that was good for a song i never known i never played yeah never, yeah. never uh, attempted well nobody's ever known that song that's part of the problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's the uh what um what's one of the other ones you played in the movie i can't remember uh is right if i uh choose one here um I've got uh, my closing song in there, which is kind of about the road, and it might kind of be a little bit of a nice uh, summary of a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. Let's do it. It's called I'm in Minneapolis, You're in Hollywood, and um, it's just, it's kind of uh, that song about when we have so many uh, friends that we see become basically like superstars, you know, and... uh, Yeah, you don't got to tell me. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, so this is a song about being on a shitty, you know, shitty hotel or comedy condo or whatever on the road, and you're just flipping through the channels, and you see your buddy just uh, kicking ass. Great. Here we go. I'm in Minneapolis, you're in Hollywood, and I heard for you things are going pretty good. You're screening your calls I'm freezing my balls off Cause I'm in Minneapolis And you're in Hollywood I'm in Amarillo, Texas You're in La La Land And I just did a show And got heckled by the Ku Klux Klan You're having sex on the beach I'm opening for Screech Cause I'm in Amarillo, Texas And you're in Hollywood I'm in Opelousas, Louisiana you're in Tinseltown And I just saw your face on TV while I was flipping around You're signing some girl's boob I'm reaching for some lube Because I'm in Opelousas, Louisiana You're in fucking Hollywood 
I'm in truth or consequences, New Mexico. You're back in LA. And I heard you were making $3,000 a day. You're at the Beverly Hills Hotel. I'm next door to an Al-Qaeda cell. There's mud coming out of the water spout. And the toilet paper just ran out. So excuse me if I sound just a little off kilter. I've been wiping my ass with a fucking coffee filter. Because I'm in wherever the fuck it said I was. You're in Hollywood. I'm in a bowling alley somewhere near Oskaloosa, Iowa. You're on the walk of fame. And the people here seem to think my songs are lame. I just did a show and they hated my guts. Some chick with a mullet just kicked me in the nuts. Same damn song for the 2000th time. You are the blossom and I am the vine. I'm gonna go to the hotel and drown my sorrow. Does anybody have a fucking rope I can borrow? Cause I'm in a bowling alley somewhere near Oskaloosa, Iowa. You're in Hollywood. I'm in a bowling alley somewhere near Oskaloosa, Iowa. You're in Hollywood. I'm in Minneapolis. You're in Hollywood. Nice. That's fucking hilarious. Thanks, man. That's, uh, yeah, definitely uh, based on some real shit. I can can feel, I can feel the real shit. Yeah, the rope, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have, uh, have like, off the... Wasn't there a guy in Houston who, who killed himself in a hotel or something? I think back when I started, and I was just kind of like, wow, why would anybody do that? Yeah, and, and of then... Of course, uh, now we know. Well, you know, I, I think that, uh, in all honesty, people that uh, that head that direction are uh, are wired to head that yeah. direction. Like, I, I, I have not... I think it's a rare thing that uh, people, you know, kill themselves over circumstance if they're not already deep in the groove of darkness yeah no i think that's true and i think that uh you know thank god you play guitar because i you know like look i i you know i'm not a, a guitar I'd player be one of those guys well no but like there's something about like more than anything else in my life and like i i've sort of stayed at the same level of musicianship that i've been at for many years but i'm good enough to where if i want to come out here and blow out you know blow off some steam and get lost yeah. I can I can pick that thing up and do it. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and it and it works. Yeah. And uh and it's uh, it's great to to hear it someone, you know, play so well and have those uh darkly revealing but funny songs. I mean, there is definitely a line to ride. I imagine that at some place uh, if you had the balls to uh to play your more earnest songs, that would be curious. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, um I mean, you can't do it in the situation you've set up for yourself. But. Well, yeah. You know, I've painted myself in this kind of corner. But, you know, another guy that I was always a huge fan of is Ben Folds. And I think that uh, when I started listening to his music, kind of like the Tom Waits thing, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool because he's got really, really good music. Yeah. And yet the lyrics, again, you know, the, the lyrics can be about frivolous kind of thing, things or funny things. You right. Know? And um, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, I, it'd be pretty hard for me to go back to, to to ever write a song, you know, that's just a completely serious song, you know, for a girl. You know, it it feels like the the lyrics have to somehow j- jump off the page or jump right at you somehow. Sure, it yeah. Kind of like, How much do you write? Um, not as, I write a lot of music, like the music ideas. Like again, when I'm in the green room uh, at these clubs, I'll sit there and play guitar for a half hour, yeah. or if I'm in the hotel sometimes. And so music is always going. The problem is, I mean, I have 40 songs now, uh, you know, and several CDs, and I'm just like, in terms of coming up with, well, what's a funny idea? Because the way that I've always, um, the criteria that I've always used for whether a comedy song I think is good or not, and I'm not saying that I always like, you know. Well, you cover that in the movie a little bit, that, uh, and I thought that was some really funny shit about show business and about the nature of uh, 
of what's popular and what isn't popular. I like that element of it where you're trying to lay down some tracks for the uh, the dudes oh, yeah, yeah. You, you got yeah. the record deal with. And I also thought that the character- Based on a true story, too. Yeah. I think the character of your brother, that guy's funny. Oh, yeah, Is he's he a great. comedian? Yeah, he's, uh, he was my roommate for the longest time. He was- uh, um, and a lot What's of those his stories name? I feel like I've Matt, met him. Matt Walker. Um, but yeah, he was doing, uh, he was doing Batman at birthday parties while he was my roommate. And, um, yeah, he, he's fantastic, you know, and we, he used to do a bit where he would act out my songs, you know, like sort of do a mime to my songs. Well, well you have a little bit of that in the movie and it's actually kind of touching. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no, we were able to definitely capture a lot of my favorite things. And, and even since the movie happened especially in the last few years with all this you know festivals and stuff like that i've had more and more of these like kind of really self-deprecating conversations that happen you know or whatever and uh and and it's it's fun to take those and, and show them to people and show how embarrassing and let's all laugh at them you know uh i again i think the lack of success is a lot funnier than success itself in, in terms well, of certainly the, the problems are more relatable yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know well i remember when i when i saw spinal tab in the beginning when i was like a teenager everybody i my friends and i were laughing my asses off and i knew a couple of musician guys that were in their late 20s or yeah. early 30s and they watched it and they were just depressed they yeah. just thought it was depressing they're like oh man we had that man we showed up to the record <laughs> store and there was nobody there you know and it's like i don't know i'm I'm hoping that this movie is depressing to some people but hopefully uh makes people laugh but the th the thing that i wanted to get out was the if if you do a song and this is why it's hard sometimes to to, to be very prolific is that uh I think if you the 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 question should be if you took the music out of the song and you just had the bit itself would it be would it be a funny bit yeah you know and I try to you know strive for that I mean hopefully you know like with the Columbine one it's like the idea it, you know and, it, and it's it's been several years since I wrote that but it, it's like would it be funny to go on stage and talk about like it's important it's more important now to be nice to people than it used to be but now it's for a much more utilitarian reason you know we need to not sure, kill that's each a funny other, concept you know? yeah yeah and that's the hope whereas if if you take the music out and the song is just a bit that you've been hearing comedy uh, you know comedians do for years in my opinion it's not really as worthy you know and i'm not saying you know i necessarily achieve it all the time but i'm i'm saying that's why it's difficult for me to keep cranking out you know after having about 40 of them you start going well i feel like i've done a lot of uh uh a, a wide range of topics here and and then the other problem is that most songs are only about i mean 80 percent of the songs are about love and i've got about you know about 100 you know i didn't do any today but most of my songs are about you know relationships, relationships. Yeah, oh yeah yeah um you so, want to do one yeah, more? Hard. Yeah, all right, sure, man. Do one about failed relationships. Okay, why don't I do... Well, this one... Uh, this is a song that used to be a, a real song that I wrote for a girl. Um, she's out there somewhere, maybe she'll be hearing it. Um, and then I completely changed the lyrics, and I like it a lot better now. So, uh, here we go. She never was abused when she was younger And her father never up and ran away And even though her family gave her all the love she needs Somehow she's a bitch anyway 
Me, I tried to be her shining hero I said I love you two thousand fucking times a day I showered her with presents bought from the finest shops in town But somehow she's a bitch anyway And then when I tell her my funny little stories She'd say, well, I guess you had to be there I played her my favorite new song She said it sucks And when the evening news shows homeless people She says it's their own damn fault And then she hits me up for 50 bucks Somehow she's a bitch anyway She's a fun Can bitch anyway Sweet Henry Lee Phillips. Yeah, so that 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 came uh, that came from uh, basically uh, having a conversation. It was like, well, what's up with that girl? Is it, you know, right? It, was she, you know, did she have some problems growing up or whatever? And then my buddy was like, no, nah, she's just a bitch. And that was just funny to me. It's just like <laughs> some people are just a bitch, and there's nothing you can do. And then Joe, Billy Joel has, you know. Always a woman to me, which is basically the exact reverse. It's like you know, she does, she lies, and she does all these awful things, but she's always a woman to me, and this right. is kind of the opposite. But um, just for fun, I'll play a little bit of the of what I remember of the old uh, song that that was based on. That okay. wrote for this girl, Brandy. It was something like, like the placid water flows all the way to the ocean shore. I will be with you that way. I mean, come on, that's fucking cheesy as hell, isn't it? I mean, that was my real thing, man. I had that song, and I was so happy. I thought that was going to be like a huge hit. All my friends were like, yeah, "It might have been. been great. It might have been." But that's hard, man. It's it's hard to stand. And you're that out. guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I was I was writing songs that were already kind of done back in the '70s, so it wasn't really working anyway. Well, I mean, it's tricky. That whole thing is re sort of uh, resurfaced, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, man, it was great talking to you. Hey, and thank the, you. And the movie is uh, Punching the Clown, and you can get that on Netflix. Yeah. Right on, buddy. Thanks a lot, man. That's our show. I hope you like that. Henry uh, Phillips is a great guy. It's good stuff. I enjoyed it. Go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. You can get the apps. You can get the coffee. JustCoffee.com. Get that poster, the Coop poster. Only got 75. Also, there's new merch for Christmas. Cat stuff, mug stuff, swag bags, buttons. Sorry, just showing off. That's all I know, though, seriously. I couldn't play a song for you. I couldn't, like, if you said, hey, do you know that song? I'd go, nope. Does it, is it anywhere in the, is, does it go, is that three chords? that song you're thinking of is it is that it or is this it because if it's not either of those it's a good chance i don't know it (laughs) that's that's the range of my oh god
Boomer. Boomy. Boomer threw up. That's one of those weird, that would be a segue to like, my cat threw up on the, uh, on the deck. That's why I wrote this song. I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to do it. All right. So Arlington, Virginia, Cinema Draft House, Arlington Draft House, this, uh, tomorrow night and Saturday, and then, uh, get those tickets to Boston at the Wilbur, January 27th. You guys are, are great. And I love you. Yeah. How's it go? Yeah. Take it easy, baby. Make it last all night. Well, she was an American girl. Yeah, she was an American girl. Raised on promises. She couldn't have thinking that there was a little more life somewhere else. After all, it was a great big world Lots of places to run to All right, that's it